How many of you guys uh, are excited that Melvin Adams is here in town, right? Yeah, we are too. It's really awesome because um, I want to just tell you about this week. Uh, you know, God's been doing some cool things through Melvin at the schools. Friday, we went to uh, De Anza High School at 930 in the morning. We had about 500 kids come into their little auditorium there and uh, and get to hear a positive life message from, from Melvin. He brought some kids up on stage, did some tricks. It was fun. Uh, and then we, we, we got in the cars, we, we rolled over to Panola Middle School, and at 12.15, about 800 7th and 8th graders came. I mean, I lost the rest of my hair, okay? It was crazy, and they got to hear a positive message, come down on the gym floor, play some basketball, do some cool tricks with Melvin. And then that night, right here, we did a youth rally, had over 100 kids show up, and a bunch of the kids from, in fact, Probably 60% of the kids that were here don't come to Bay Hills on Friday night. And we had 30 kids come forward and make a profession of faith that night. It was so awesome. We've been so blessed. It's been a fun fun time. Uh, yesterday we had our men's breakfast. Any of the guys' men's breakfast? We still have some of those hard potatoes left over. Okay, so you guys want some of those? Talk to me after the service. Um, Melvin, Melvin asked me to do all the tricks today. So I thought I would. I'll let him, I'll let him do something else though, because that was awful. But here's what I want us to do. I want us to go crazy. I want us to go wild like it's, like it's his first time coming out on an NBA court. I'd like you to welcome Melvin Adams. What's up? How y'all doing? All right. I told him I'd be struggling to look like a black dude getting interrogated. You know what I mean? Just, hey, everybody doing all right? Oh, y'all look so cute. Uh, George Bush, you looking good, baby. You looking good. All right. I love it. I love it. Is everybody doing all right? Listen, I really enjoy being here. Uh, David, me and David are the best of friends. There's nothing I wouldn't do for him. There's nothing he wouldn't do for me. And so far, we've done absolutely nothing for each other. But we're working um, on our relationship. You know what I'm saying? I want to thank uh, Bridget, if you're French, bonjour, oui, oui, pipi. Uh, if you're black, Bridget, okay. Um, I want to thank Nate. Nate is awesome, look like uh, white Harry Potter. Um, I have really enjoyed being back here. The gas prices are still so high, the Crips and the Bloods are riding together. You know what I mean? Just. And so, I don't know, guys, I love to have fun. So if you came in here today with your butt so tight, Moses couldn't part it, you came to the wrong place. We're going to have fun today. Last night, I was so excited. I dreamed that I died and went to heaven. And Peter was at the gate, and he was like, what's up? You know, it was the west side, you know. Um, and I said, Peter, what's up? He said, man, why are you looking sad? I said, I was wondering if a couple of my guys made it. He said, who? I said, Louis. Louise. I wanted one Louise. So we went to heaven, and Louise was walking with this ugly woman. So I was like, Peter, why is Louise walking with this ugly woman? He said, well, he was a borderline case. You know, he barely got in heaven. So for his punishment, he had to walk with that ugly woman for eternity. Right? I know. That's what I said. I was still looking sad. I said, what's up? So I was wondering if Nate, you know, Nate, Pastor Nate, if he made it. When we found him, he was walking with a woman two times as ugly as the one Louise was with. I'm like, why is he walking with the ugly woman? He said, well, he was a borderline case, too. He barely got in heaven. So for his punishment, he had to walk with that ugly woman for eternity. So I'm still looking sad. It says, what's wrong? So I was wondering if Pastor David made it. When we found him, he was walking with a beautiful woman. I mean, woo! She looked good. 
I said, praise the Lord. I knew that brother was going to make it. He was always telling people about the Lord. He said, what you don't realize, the woman he's with, she's on borderline. Listen, I'm glad to be here today. Uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. Dismertings. Some of y'all will get that later. That Negro is so profound. Um, you know, it's real weird. Two on the way coming here, I just want y'all to know, Nate, I mean, everybody has been great. I mean, Bridget showed me that white women can drive fast in the rain. I was scared. I was sweating like a black dude in East Palo Alto after 9 o'clock. Um, then Nate, Nate is so kind, he gave me and Brian his car for the week, and I found out something that helped me in life. White people cars stink too. So I just, man, that car, it smells so bad the Holy Spirit left. I mean, you know what I mean? It just cleared my sinus up. But thank you, Nate. For a nasty car. I appreciate that. Uh, then I got in the car this morning, driving, coming here. I was listening to the radio. This Man, this really got me. A little girl was on trial. Judge was trying to find out who's going to get custody over the girl. So they asked her, do you want to stay with your mom? She said, my mom drinks, she beats me. They said, man, you want to stay with your dad? She goes, my dad drinks, he beats me too. They said, who do you want to stay with? She said, um, the 49ers. She said, why? Because they don't beat anybody. But listen, I'm glad to be here this morning. Hallelujah. 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 What's up, quarterback? Yes. I'm so excited, so excited. Is everybody okay, though, everybody? So I had an opportunity to talk to the men, and some of you ladies have some awesome husbands, all right? I told them they mama was a terrorist because they the bomb, okay? And some of your husbands, I asked them, did they get a speeding ticket? He said no. I said he should have because fine is written all over him. You know what I'm saying? If you keep doing what you've always been doing, you'll keep getting what you've always been getting. How many believe that? If you keep doing what you've always been doing, you'll keep getting what you've always been getting. As I spoke to your men this morning, I said James Dobson, who's the guy that was over-focused on the family back in the day, which was a Thursday, back in the day. You know what I'm saying, Lady Gaga? Okay, cool. So, focus on the family. He said that 87% of young people today, 87% do not go to church. And then he said, by the time, I, when he said this, my son was a, a, a kindergartner. He's a, he's a ninth grade now. He said, by the time my son is a senior in high school, only 1% will be going to church. And we hear that, but yet Sunday after Sunday, we keep doing the same thing. Stevie Wonder can see it don't work, but we keep doing the same thing. And many of us say we want to be disciples, but we don't. Because as soon as people start telling us stuff we don't like, we just move to the next church. You see, think about this just outside of church. Just think about this. How many of you women here have been telling your husband something for years and he's never changed? And he reads the Bible every Sunday. How many of you women, men, how many of you women, you, your wife's been reading the Bible, know it backwards and forwards, Greek, Hebrew, and can speak in tongues, Toyota, Toyota, Osama bin Laden. And all you wanted was two things, real simple, and they still don't do that. Mm, the men ain't going to laugh because we know, like, oh, you're killing it from me, brother. But you think about that. Let's think about that. If you keep doing what you've always been doing, you'll keep getting what you've always been getting. And I want to challenge you today, like, what is it that stands in front of you that holds you back from being everything God has called you to be? Some of you ladies, grown ladies, ladies and adults, Got molested maybe when you were seven, eight, nine, and you've been holding on to that for years. And you come to church, and we have to come to church, and we have to put up that front. We got to put up the, how you doing? Blessed in the Lord. What are you doing tomorrow? Hanging with Mary. 
And we think somehow that impresses God. God just don't want us to be saved, but he also wants us to be set free. And there are many of us today that have been walking in the wilderness. Our shoes haven't got dirty. We've been eating every day, but we've never experienced a promised land. And I'm not talking about a health, wealth, prosperity. I'm talking about walking in your purpose. We spend money we don't have to please people we don't like. And church just becomes a big old show. And that's why we can't reach the world out there because the world looks at us and laughs. But we think we got it all together. There are women here today that probably have had sex with their husbands in years. But you come to church every Sunday. I don't understand that. I don't understand a man who knows the Bible backwards and forwards but can't even notice when his wife gets her hair done. And we don't think that has anything to do with God. It has everything to do. Some of you will go to IHOP right after here, pray for your food, and won't even give a tip. And wonder that doesn't have anything that has everything to do. You see what I'm saying? Like, what is your Goliath? Some of you men here today have been angry with your father for years, and yet we come to church as if God is impressed with our worship when he says, if you have something against your brother, leave that here. Go get it right, because you'll never move forward until you deal with it. But many of us have been running from Goliaths, hiding, ducking, moving, but I don't know about you. I hope that you leave today mad. When I say mad, I mean it'll make you make a difference. Some of you fathers need to tell your daughters they're beautiful, not because their makeup is on fleek, but they look good even with a booger in their nose and gas. You still love me, Daddy? Do you you love that? Do you love that? Okay, now I know it's real love. Some of you men, you need to look in the mirror even though you have abs of steel and maybe abs of meals. That's why I tell ladies, you're a lady today. Listen, every morning you got to wake up, you got to talk to yourself, ladies, because women, y'all sleep, but your brains don't rest. (laughs) overanalyzing, turning a frog into Godzilla. Look, I tell you, ladies, they listen, your children are going to be fine. If God took care of you for 25 years, he going to take care of your kids. I don't, we love negative, though. We love it. We watch the news. We love negative. I don't want to say, like, we come to church every Sunday. We read about this God, but I really don't think we really believe what we read. Like, you really believe God is going to come to you and go, your kid's going to die. <laughs> He's going to die of crack. Ha <laughs> ha. You're going to get breast cancer and die. And we sit and listen and we listen and we just sit at home watching, you know, trading spaces, designed to sell, house hunters. <laughs> and we just let negative stuff come in. Then we have nothing to give to our husband when he comes home. But negative. You're an idiot like your dad. Because, you know, y'all just emotional. You just say whatever you feel. You don't think. <laughs> Some of you have beat your husbands down so bad they don't even feel like a man. That's why they didn't move to San Francisco. How you doing? <laughs> One black, mm, that was a black person. Mm, did it? What is your Goliath? So I'm going to just take you through this. I'm going through the NIV, the Negro International Version. So I'm going to break this. Okay, so I didn't go to cemetery or seminary. I believe in keeping it real. And that's why young people today don't want to come to church because we're fake. All of us old people, we faking it. Keep it real. All right, can, can, I, can we talk? I mean, can I be real today? So if you have your Bible, you're going to turn to 1 Samuel uh, 17, uh, 1 Samuel 17, verse, uh, chapter 17, verse 4 through 9. When you got it, can you say that David looks like Stone Cold Steve Austin? <laughs> that was a black laugh from somewhere over here. That's a brother over there. Yeah, that's, a bl- yeah, that's Dr. Dre. I see. <laughs> Who killed Tupac? Uh, <laughs> 
Then Goliath, a Philistine champion from Gath, came out of the Philistine ranks to face the forces of Israel. He was over nine feet tall. Somebody said that was Yao Ming's cousin. He wore a bronze helmet and the and his bronze coat of mail weighed 125 pounds. That was David's weight in high school. He also wore bronze leg armor and he carried a bronze javelin on his shoulder. The shaft of his spear was as heavy and thick as a weaver's beam, tipped with an iron spearhead that weighed 15 pounds. His armor bearers walked ahead of him carrying a shield. <laughs> Goliath uh, stood and shouted a taunt across to the Israelites. Why are you all coming out to fight? He called. I am the Philistine champion, but you are only the servants of Saul. Choose one man to come down here and fight me. If he kills me, then we will be your slaves. But if I kill him, you will be our slaves. Uh, my theme uh, you see on the deal is what is your Goliath? What stands in front of you that holds you back from being everything that God has called you to be? I'm going to go through this real quick because I like to got a lot of stuff I want to talk about. And they got a brother on a time scale because black people have diarrhea of the mouth. We we love to talk. You know what I'm saying? Uh the history of Israel, like God created Israel to be the nation that everybody would look up to. I mean, they were the nation. They would be like the Houston Rockets going to beat in Golden State Warriors this year. Like, there, there was that team, that type of person. Yeah, I feel the staffs. Feel it. The truth will set you free. TNT, baby. Um, they wanted to be like, and so Samuel the prophet would go and say, you don't need what the Hittites, the Benjamites, and the Mosquito Bites have. God is all that you'll ever need. You don't need a king like everybody else. All you need is God. This amazing life, and I can imagine Samuel going to the people telling them, listen, God is like the alphabet. A, he's able. B, he's a bridge over troubled water. C, he's your company keeper. D, he's a doctor in a sick room. E, the Lord is everything. F, he's a friend that sticks to the end. G, he's your guardian that watches, you, watches over you all night long. H, he's your hope for tomorrow. I, he informs you whenever your enemy set traps for you. J, he's a jealous God. K, he's the king of kings, and L, he's the lord of lords. M, he's merciful. N, he's all you need. O, he's omega. P, he's your provider. Q, he's the question. Then he's the answer. R, he's a rock in a weary land. S, he's shelter in time of a storm. T, he talks to me when I can't even say a mumbling word. U, he understands my risings and my fallings. V, he gives us the victory. W, he's a way out of nowhere. X, he has x-ray vision. To see the smile on our face. <laughs> but the frown deep down in our soul. Why he's Yahweh and Z, he's the zenith of our life. I can imagine Samuel telling the people, if you were stranded on an island, what would be three things you take? Some people say they take a snicker bar because it really satisfies. Some people say they take Coke because it's the real thing. And some people say they take Kellogg Frosted Flakes because it's great. But I can imagine Samuel saying, you should take the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And they would say, why? He said, because if you get hungry, he'll send food from heaven like he did to the Israelites in Exodus. If he got thirsty, all I got to do is hit a rock like Moses did at the Mount of Mizpah and God gave him water. And if you get lonely, God will make me go to sleep, take a rib out, and give you a woman. He's all you'll ever need. But the Israelites wanted what everybody else wanted, and so we go through this whole deal. He goes to Jesse to look for a king, and he lined all his sons up. I mean, just except for David. David dealt with rejection at an early age, and I know a lot about rejection. I remember playing basketball, and, you know, you play in high school. Everybody wants to play on the varsity, right? But if you play on the freshman team, the only people going to come to the game is your mom and your daddy. And I remember going to the park, and the two best players normally would pick the team. And so this guy picked one, and he picked one, and he picked one. It was two people left. It was me and a blind girl. So they got together in a huddle. So I'm like, what the huddle about? Even if I can't play, I can see. You know what I mean? But they picked the blind girl, but she had the best no-look pass I've ever seen in my life. I remember dating a girl in high school, and she had a lazy eye. And every time I look at it, I'd say, 
<laughs> but that didn't even last long because I found out she was seeing somebody on the side. I've dealt with rejection. <laughs> rejection. I've dealt with rejection. My own mother didn't believe. My dad was six foot six. My brother was a six eight, six seven, six two. My mother was five three, and my aunts were Ewoks on Star Wars. But I had a dream. But my mom didn't even believe that that can become a reality because she looked at me like a black mini-me, hot liquid magma. Didn't believe. Jesse didn't even call out David. We go into this story. Saul becomes king, and he rebels. And David becomes king seven and a half years in Hebron, 33 years in Israel. And he's old. Back in the day, he was fighting. He was winning wars. People loved him. They bow down. Hey, Dave, your mom was a terrorist because you're the bomb. <laughs> West Said. David got old. He got old. He can't do the things he used to do. So just kind of dream with me. He's in his, his castle. The men are going out to battle. He's watching Oprah. And a commercial comes on. He goes over his balcony. And he begins to see all the things that God has done. He sees the chariots, the homes, and he sees this girl. She had to be black. There's a white girl named Bathsheba, Shaquita Shaquanda. And at that moment, he could have called. He could have just went away and said, oh, man, but he didn't. He texts his soldiers and he said, hey, bring Bathsheba up to the room. I want to, T.D. Jakes is coming into town and they're doing a woman thou art loose and I want to pray with her. So you can imagine the soldier bringing up to the room and he knocked on the door and he probably didn't treat him like Jehovah's Witness. And I tell people when I was a kid, my mom told me Jehovah's Witnesses were gangs. They used to knock on the door. We had to stop breathing, get down. So when I got older and I got my own place, I let them in. I said, what is it you got to tell me? They say, we don't know. We've never got this far. This is great. And he opens the door, and, and, and you can imagine the soldier looked at David and was like, this is, you know, is he married? Like, what are you? He's like, man, it ain't even like that, man. It's not like that. God never told you he had, you had a heart after God. He told me, not you. Ha-ha. We're just going to pray together. And you know the whole story. And see, in that, like, what is your Goliath? Like, maybe you lie. Maybe you cuss. Okay, you can get some accountability. You can deal with that. But what about the Bathshebas, the things we do when nobody's around? And the church is really good at cutting weeds, but we never deal with the root. And we wonder why there are more divorces in the church than outside the church. But we talk a good game, don't we? So let me tell you my story. I believe that everything, our insecurities, our OCD, our trust issues, control, fear of failure, fear of success, I believe it all stemmed from our home. We wonder why the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. You got to look in the mirror, Michael Jackson. Poor black boy grew up to be a rich white lady. <laughs> so you want to hear the truth or you want to just keep living a lie? But if you want to be set free, you'll leave today. You'll change your whole community. You'll change your whole family. And your generations after generation after generation will look back at you and how you broke the generational curse in your family. This church will, wouldn't be enough room to fill this place because people will come, not because you're hitting them in the head with the Bible. They'll look at your life and they'll go, wow, I love how that guy loves his wife. Look how the woman looks at her husband. You go, boy. Your daughters will go up and say, I want to marry a man just like my dad. He is so awesome. That was a white family, black girl. I want to be like my daddy. Mm-hmm. Your boys will grow up and they'll marry a woman and they'll be faithful to that woman. This won't be something they just put on. It'll mean something. And we won't say that the grass is green on the other side. We'll just fertilize the grass we own and it'll be green. And wear them yoga pants. So let me tell you my story. 
My mom, if I got an 89, my mom would cuss me out because I should have got a 90. If I got a 90, she'd cuss me out because I should have got a 91. And if I got a 100, she wouldn't say nothing because that's what I should have got. And my mom went to church every Sunday. Talked about John and love. She heard it every week. But why can't you transform it from here to the house? Let's keep going. My dad was a cop. He was a cop. And he'd come home and he would hammer six nails on a piece of wood. He would turn the sharp points. He'd beat my mother. He'd beat my brothers. And then he would beat me. And he went to church every Sunday and Wednesday. My dad would make me watch him make my mother get on her knees on a gravel street and beat her with a water hose. And I was growing up as a kid. I thought I was a mama's boy. Any man in here is a woman. Your mom is like your first initial look of what a girl, your girlfriend, a wife, whatever. And all I wanted was my mom to say she loved me. Never heard that. Never heard it. 11 years ago was the first time. I'm 46. I know a lot of you thought I was 28, and I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you for keeping it real. I'm looking for love. See, some of you ladies here today, you've been, you've, been, you've been beating your husband down, and you've been mad at your husband, but it has nothing to do with your husband. It has everything to do with your father because you never dealt with it because your husband lives in the house. That's all you got to go off on. Some of you men, you stay at work because at work you feel more appreciated than at home, and that's why you're on the computer because that lady will never tell you no. She'll never be bloated. She'll never give you the excuse, it's that time, I just need some chocolate. And our children watch us. They watch us come here every Sunday and Wednesday, but they see you go home. So who are you really fooling? What is your Goliath? See, for me, all I wanted was that. I got saved at 17, one of the greatest decisions, but God just doesn't want us to be saved. He wants us to be set free. How can we go out into a world and tell people Jesus wants to set them free and they're looking at us like we look like Django, look like you 12 years a slave? How are you going to set me free when you're not even free? If you broke, how can you teach me how to be rich? If you've been married 16 times, how can you tell me how to have a great marriage? It's like giving a whale a tic-tac and asking the brother, is he full? It doesn't make sense, but we try to be so spiritually goofy and we miss out. So I get saved at 17, greatest moment, and I begin to shoot 3,000 jump shots every day. I ran three miles every day. Went on to play in the NBA and the Globetrotters, and I thought if I could score more points, if I could make more money, maybe my mother would love me more. And you know what? I begin to see God like I saw my mom. If I could read more Bible verses, if I could tell everybody about Jesus, I didn't know how to turn it off. Why? Because I thought if I did that, he'll love me more. But you know what? You have to understand, before Jesus did what he was called to do, his dad said, this is my son whom I love and I'm proud. So Jesus didn't have to try to prove anything to anybody. He didn't have to walk around and try to show you how holy he was. He just walked in love. What's up, dark chocolate? You're Peter Parker. I'm Peter Darker. (laughs) Jesus didn't have to prove anything. He just walked in love and he changed people's lives because he was free. He knew that his dad. But see, us, again, we spend money we don't have to please people we don't like. You ever meet people when you meet them, go, how you doing? Blessing the Lord, brother. What are you doing tomorrow? Hanging with Mary. That dude is addicted to pornography, but he won't tell you that because he wants to be holy. You have to understand the story about Jesus as Jesus began to walk and they went to the lady at the well. You know the story. I know all of y'all are dignified and holy because I feel the anointing right here. He walks. All the women would go early in the morning because it was hot. They didn't want to be dark like me and, you know, you. 
They would go early in the morning because the sun, but this one lady went in the heat of the day because she was a prostitute. She knew that if she came early, all those other women would gossip, and they probably went to Bay Hills. You know when women get together, let's just fellowship and really be gossiping. They was like, ooh, girl, look at her. You know she's been married three times. Mm-hmm, skank alert. Mm-hmm, Jesus is real. Mm-hmm. You know, when you ever been to church and you hear a scripture and you go, you know what? Melanie really needs to hear that. No, you need to hear that. See, we don't like that. We don't like that. We don't like it at all. So she would go and Jesus came. Jesus didn't go, hey, did you read Thessalonians? Hey, did you walk through the book of Galatians? He said, you know what? Can you hook a brother with a Dr. Pepper? She said, you know, your people don't talk to my people. We don't get down like that. He said, well, you ever told that to your husband? He said, my husband? He said, exactly. The one you with, you've been with three, and the one you with ain't even your husband. She's like, wow, this brother knew my whole life. He went into my heart. He didn't try to be all holy. And you have to understand, Jesus was always ripping on church people. He was always loving on people in the world. He never talked about biblical stuff with people where he just told them stories and he loved on them. If I have to tell you I'm a Christian, you should see it in everything that I do. Not in what I say, in what I do. My mom did it, said it, didn't do it. So now I'm playing professionally. My life is great. I'm on Oprah. I'm living my dream. I've achieved success. I've won two national championships, was an All-American twice, led the nation in scoring, and it still wasn't good enough. If it wasn't good enough for my mom, then I guess it wasn't good enough for God either. So I got my degree in youth ministry and Bible theology. Big deal. Who cares? I was impressed with that. God cares more about not your education, car you drive, how your hair is on fleek. If that's the case, then we serve a God who's all about performing, and that's how we get judged, how well you cook the chicken. If you're slim, especially in California, y'all got a weight machine on every corner. Feel bad for you women. You be looking like, ah, just always worrying. And you, Stevie Wonder can see y'all look good. That's why you ladies, you need to wake up, look in the mirror, you need to talk to yourself. If you're white, you need to look in the mirror and go, oh, my God, I'm so amazing. If you're Hispanic, muy, muy bonita, caliente. Yeah. If you're a black woman, hey, for real, though, hey. If you're Asian, get ready for a photo now. Whatever you do to build yourself up, you got to do that. Mom never told me she loved me. I'm saved, and I see God that way. Now I'm playing professionally. you got to imagine, my mom had me watch Sesame Street till I was a senior in high school. My brothers was wilding out like Nick Cannon. My brothers was worse than my dad ever was. And here I am playing professionally. I got the money. I got Oprah. But inside, I just wanted my mom to say she loved me. And it affected my relationship with God because that was not the way he wanted me to see him because he's not about performance. But I only know that because of my mom. You wonder why some of you women have trust issues? You think about that. Think about all the guys you dated when you was a young girl, struggled with commitment, lack of, you know, commitment and responsibility. Then think about your dad. Think about your uncle. Did some things to you when you was young and you've been holding secrets forever. And you think that that's not important to God? You think God is more impressed that you come here and sing some worship songs? He's more concerned about, let's forgive your uncle so that you can stop beating your husband and pushing your sons away because of fear that you don't want him to be like your brother, but you're going to push him to be worse than your uncle because of your fear. Everybody with me? Some of you men are just angry, angry, mad. 
you hate where you're at in your job. Maybe you married somebody you don't love, and you're just floating through life looking like the walking dead. <laughs> or a dancer from Thriller. Is that what God, is that what, that, that's the whole reason he came? Did he come for that? So we can just walk through life looking like dungeons and dragons, and we go out into a world, and we look just as depressed and discouraged as them? We come to church, and we sit in the front, and people come to the door, and we're like, welcome here. We're glad you're here. Yeah, just sit on the side. Here's some coffee. Hope it falls on you. <laughs> With these fake smiles, bless the Lord, brother. And your wife is looking at you going, I wish he would have told me that. Everybody don't come out. Your children are looking at you going, I can't believe this, brother. Gets up here every Sunday with that old fake smile and cusses me out every morning like he's Eddie Murphy's cousin. See, it doesn't add up. But we somehow come to church because we want to impress other people. You know, I have a Lexus. Yeah, but you got $2 worth of gas in it, but it looked good on the outside. You know, I live in a $800,000 house, but you $2 million in debt. What are you talking about? Who cares? Who cares? What's it all about? You know what I'm talking about? I'm playing ball, and, I, and so my mom kept me sheltered. You know how when you grow up in the church, we become so spiritually puffed up. We, we, we judge people in our heart, but not out loud. We're like, oh, look at him. He's going to hell. And here I am playing professional sports. I, I kissed a girl my junior year in college, and when I grew up, I thought smoking, drinking, and having sex was like the three biggest sins. Like those are like, to me, I thought. But, you know, sin is sin. If you lie and I cuss, it's the same thing. Two wrongs don't make a right, but two rights made an airplane. Y'all are good. And I'm playing professionally, and I play in front of 20,000 people every night. It's a great feeling. But when I'd go back to my room, I'd see all these guys going up to a room with a different woman, and I'm going in my room watching Mr. Bean and talking to the pillow. Hold me. <laughs> Tell me you love me. It was the loneliest time in my life, and I had everything I wanted, but I didn't have my mom's love. I had my degree. I knew God loved me, but I saw God like I saw my mom. I beat myself up every night. If I didn't play well, if I didn't do this well, it was an emotional life. And finally, I found myself uh, having sex, uh, drinking. I don't know if you ever get to a place where you're sick and tired of where you're at. I don't know if you're at that place. I don't like where I'm at tired of faking and shaking you get sick and tired and you're ready to make a change i called my manager and says you know what what's been holding you back is you've been holding on to everything with your mom and your dad for years i go to my mom and you know as parents we don't want our kids to to tell us what we're not doing good i I know a lot of you ladies you believe you always right that's that's a lie from the pit of hell you ain't it's a little word called pride You you are not always right men you don't know everything you ain't that smart einstein and I went to my mother. I said, Mama, you never told me you love me. You never held me. You never told me you was proud of me. That's when my brother got married to invite you. My head looked like a milk dud. But the healing began. The black people go, I know what he's going through. The Hispanics going, but it was a chunkla. The white people going, you should have did time out. You know, my, I left my mom. My mom said, I worked hard. I did this. I did this. I said, but... I just wanted you to tell me you love me, man. But my mom was hurt. Hurt people hurt people. My mom's dad was an alcoholic and a gambler. He beat my mother's mother all the time. My mother's mother worked three jobs so she wouldn't have to deal with the affairs and the abuse. My four uncles are gamblers, drugs, and alcoholics, just like their dad. 
Three of my four aunts married, abusing me and the same men they saw when they were little girls and said, I'll never marry a man like that. But when you don't forgive, you repeat the cycle. My mom was hurt and she married a man who was abusive. My dad, my grandfather had been married eight times. That brother was a pimp for real. And what kids see, they practice. What they practice, they become. That's why the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. You can say all you want, but the proof is in the pudding. You can lie to yourself. If your kid's smoking weed like Snoop Dogg, I'm telling you. Think about that. You don't want to tell your kids what you did because you want to be holy. You ain't holy. You ain't holy. None of us holy. Nobody here is except for David. That's the only brother who only walked on water and didn't get wet. I don't do it. Blacks don't swim. That's why we wasn't on Titanic. Watch the movie. But anyway. <laughs> Mom, never told me something. I went to my dad's grave. My dad had died. How can you do that? I went to my dad's grave, and I was there for four hours. I wasn't going to leave until I forgave him. Not women, not forget. Forgive. I wasn't going to leave until I forgave him. I sat there for four hours talking to this grave, crying. <laughs> I went back to every girl I had sex with personally. Men, I didn't call them and text them. I met them face to face. You got to face your Goliath if you want to be who God has called you to be. That's the one that didn't do it. But anyway, what I'm saying, I love you, brother. I went to a store that I robbed as a kid and I paid it back. I, I used to steal lemon heads and blow pops. And I said, hey, I, I stole it. The guy said, this is... This wasn't my story. I said, it doesn't matter. This is where I did it at. And I want to make it right. And everybody was like, wow, and he's black. And I'm telling you, everything began to fall in place with no work at all. Divine appointments. What happened to your church on Friday did not shock me because I'm walking in freedom. Am I perfect? No. David is. But I'm walking in freedom. See, some of you may be saying, Melvin, I hear you. I've been going to church my whole life. I hear you, but I'm still mad at my uncle. I'm still mad at my husband. Some of you ladies have been holding on to stuff. I mean, for years, you've been mad at your husband, angry because he's not stepping up. He's not romantic like you want him to be because you've been reading them books. 50 uh, mm, cent. The ones that's laughing and read it five times. Um. Some of you men, you've been beating yourself down. I'm not good enough. You've been working long hours trying to give your wife diamonds and pearls and Brianna shine bright like a diamond. But the reality of it is, they don't want the diamonds. They don't want the cars. They just want you to spend time with them. See, we make life so hard trying to be so overly spiritual when Jesus was real simple. If you can go get a $5 Subway sandwich, get a blanket, Take your daughters to, y'all got water everywhere here. And some of that water, I think I baptized a baby. He died. That water was horrible. But anyway, um, get a blanket. You get a Subway sandwich. $5, man, $5. Get you a candle and just sit and just say, how was your day? And your daughter, take it from there because they love to talk. I write that thing. And all you got to do is, unless they say what you think, just, wow, I didn't know you. Man, how you feel? Man, this what you should know. Don't say that because they don't want that. You know what I mean? And women, the men is real simple. We don't, we don't care about, you know, your clothes. Just, just cook and hook us up. That's all we want. We'll buy you chocolate for no reason at all and squeeze your toes even though they smell like corn nuts. Am I right? 
<laughs> he said, man, you're killing me with my wife right there. Yes, honey, I love you. You may be saying, how can we change it? How can, well, it's real, I'll tell you a real simple story. Me and my son, my oldest son Seth, when he was six, we play, I play Madden. I'm really good at Madden. Like, I've never lost. I'm like your face. I'm awesome. And I'm playing my son Seth in Madden, and I'm beating him. I'm like, who your daddy? He was like, you. You know what I mean? And I would run in his room going, hey, Seth, look what I found in your pocket. Loser! He was crying. Boogers and snot was everywhere. He never wanted to play me from six to eight, but I found out he went on Google, and he learned how to play the game. And I came home one day. He goes, hey, daddy, you want to play Madden? I go, uh, you want some of this? And he goes, Daddy, I want all of that. So we're playing the game. First quarter, he is whooping me 35 to nothing. And he's all in my face like, who's your daddy? I'm like, you. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's running my room like, Daddy, look what I found in your wallet. Capital One and loser. He was all in my face. His breath was funky. He needed an Altoid, a Tic Tac, and some bubble gum. He was so condescending. He was all in my face talking trash. I got mad. I walked away, and I accidentally tripped over the power cord. Uh, the TV cut off, the game cut off, but I plugged the TV up, I turned the TV on, and I pressed restart, and it was zero to zero. And I say that to say that many of you in the first half of your life, maybe you've been getting beat down, maybe verbally, maybe emotionally, maybe even physically. But every day is a new day to press restart. And see, for some of the vintage, for the vintage, I say vintage, you know, don't be like an old dog who gets stuck in your ways. Let me tell you something, typewriter ribbons are not coming back. You can get angry. All you want is not coming back. Texting, that's how these kids roll. And Paul says, I become all things to all men to, be, become, to, to gain them, right? So we get stuck in our ways. We never want to change. We want to stay the way we are, and the world is constantly moving. A hip-hop generation gets information 20 times faster than we ever did. And I'll tell you this story, and I'm going to be out of your hair like I'm out of mine. Some of y'all will get that later. I, I had a job. My first job was in New Zealand before Lord of the Rings. And I don't know if you got to a place. I, I went from San, San Jose. My life was great. All American life was great. My first job was in New Zealand. And um, I don't know when it, can, when it rains, it pours. You know what I'm talking about? When everything around you is just not good. And you get to that point, I prayed and I prayed and I cried and I felt like, Maybe God was on vacation or I feel like you pray sometime. Maybe God got diarrhea because he's not answering my prayers. Anybody ever been like that? You ever get to that place where you ask why? Am I the only guy here? Everybody looking like, what is that Negro talking about? I don't know. Just keep listening. I got to this place and I began to come to this point where I was like, I was sick and tired. Why am I doing the things that I'm doing? If you're a mom, you're saying, why am I so angry? Why do I always put people down with all these negative words? And yet I read Ephesians 4, 29, let no unwholesome word come into my mouth. But I be, I'm beating my husband down. I'm beating my children down. Your man, you've been like, man, I'm not making enough money. I'm doing this. I'm struggling. Some of you had a lot of things on your mind. You came in today with heavy hearts and a lot on your mind. And it's not because God is not proud of you. It's like you're not impressing him by how many scriptures you can quote. You're not impressing him because you lead a Bible study. Are you still angry with your dad? Are you still holding on to the things that your uncle did when he was a kid? It's affected everything in your life. God didn't just come so we can be saved. He also came that we'll be set free. The Bible says if you have anything against anybody, it says leave it here and go get it right. You'll never move forward. Until you deal with that. You'll never move forward if you don't deal with your Goliath. 
you'll never move forward. Some of you are really bad with money, but yet you want God to give you more, but you can't be faithful with little. And then you worry all the time. You don't even believe he's going to do what he said he's going to do. And then you want him to just come through. It's just the little things. If we're not moving forward in life, there are character flaws that we have to look in the mirror, but we don't want to look in the mirror. We don't want nobody telling us nothing. We want to do what we want to do. It's not about God. It's about me. And I want to be on my kingdom. And I want to be famous. And I want people to know me. So this is my story, and I'll be out of your hair like I'm out of mine. For you all here today, this is my little poem for you. I like to rap. I'm black. You know, we like hip-hop. Thank you. Appreciate it. Nicki Minaj. We've all had times that seem uncertain, waiting on God to pull back the curtain, looking for the sun to break through the cloud. One last straw. You're going to throw in the towel. Relax, my brother, because things do change. In its own time, things rearrange. Just hold on and keep holding, because even while you sleep, God's plan is unfolding. What more can you add to your life by worrying? How well can you do a thing if you're hurrying? God will rescue you. He'll right the wrong. You'll be on top before long. This is a time and age to be set free, free from the chains that may be. It may not happen at a drop of a dime. God may not come when you want him, but he's right on time. Feed your mind with things to hope for. There are many, many more good times in store. Keep your head up and don't look down. You'll never see your way out if you're looking on the ground. Think positive. It's positive thinking. You are what you eat. Many times what you're thinking. Words of doubt, try to make an appearance, use the word of God to run interference. Fear, never let it get a hold. Elevate your mind, truth frees your soul. Believe in lies that the story is told, you'll be defeated before you reach your goal. Don't look back, just persevere. You may not feel it now, but God is near. God will rescue you, he'll right the wrong. Keep holding on because it won't be long. So no matter what it looks like, go ahead and live right. Keep your eye on Christ, don't get uptight. All things work together for your good. He said it in his word and he'll perform it like he said he would. He knows exactly how much you can take. And he loves you too much to let you break. The trials of life come to make you strong. So keep the faith because it won't be long. Thank you guys for letting me speak to you. I'm going to turn it back over to the worship team. (laughs) 